you are listening to the Invitation Church podcast. To learn more about Invitation Church, visit us online at invitation605.com. You can also download our app on iTunes and Google Play by searching for Invitation 605. Good morning. Hey, I just wanted to provide you a little update of what's going on in Haiti. Um, we have grown to the point where we're really fortunate to have a, a really strong team in Haiti led by Dr. William, and so we can respond to some of these events. We've also been blessed by a bunch of donors. We've also sent about $4,500 to the relief effort for the earthquake that's in Haiti. So if you want to go to the map, I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little geography lesson this morning. So here's the island of Laganov. That's the island that we work on. This is Port-au-Prince. Lakai is where the earthquake happened, and they said that it radiated west and towards Jeremy, and so from Lakai to Jeremy is pretty messy. Um, a lot of the homes, the roads are pretty tough shape. Now, interestingly, Dr. Williams actually originally from Jeremy. His mom died when he was about 10 or 12. He was an orphan. He was sent to Laganov to live with his uncle, who was a pastor. And so we asked, could we respond? And I said, absolutely, we'll figure it out. And so about six months or so, um, Wichita, medical loan closet of Wichita, sent us a bunch of medical equipment, wheelchairs, crutches, and so forth. Then Nicole got us connected to Bethesda World Missions. They sent a bunch of food packets and a bunch of medical equipment. Well, we weren't sure what we were going to do with all that, but God knew. And so William picked up a bunch of the equipment on Laganov and with two others drove to Lakai and dropped off medical equipment and medicines and food at a hospital there. Went back, picked up a Haitian team of eight doctors, three nurses, a pharmacist, and a couple helpers, and they made their way to Jeremy. There is one road on that south arm, and it's pretty beat up, and so they did not actually get there until last night. And so today, the doctors and nurses are going to be serving at a hospital in Jeremy. The helpers are going to be giving away food, health kits, which have soap, toothbrush, toothpaste, hygiene items, and so forth. They'll be giving those away today. Tomorrow, there's a small village just by Jeremy, actually where William was born, and they'll do what we call a mobile clinic. They'll set up a clinic, and they'll help people in that area, distribute more food, more health kits. Then on Tuesday, whatever they have left, they'll distribute on Tuesday and make it home. They won't get home until sometime on Wednesday. And so we are posting things on, on Facebook. Um, we Just look up Laganava Live on Facebook. Um, they're, they're not taking a lot of pictures because people are sensitive to the pictures. And I said, don't do anything that's going to create problems for the people. But I am posting some pictures and updates on Facebook if you want to continue to follow us there. So sure stop me after if you have any questions. And thank you for all the support we've reached here or received from, from this church. You've made a big difference in our ministry there. So I'm going to read the scripture verse today. It comes from Exodus 32, verses 1 through 6. When the people saw Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast into the shape of a calf, 
fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow will, there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Awesome. Thanks, Bruce, uh, so much. So we all need go-to people, right? Like, we find ourselves in a moment where we need help, we need support, and I don't know, maybe you need like a new garbage person, right? Ever been in there in life? Like, it's not going very well, and you're ready to kind of switch companies to a different kind of a company, and so you maybe reach out and see what kind of garbage service other people have, or your car breaks down, and you're not really good at that kind of a thing, and so you have a car person. Uh, it's also possible you could be leading a church, and you get to the church in the morning, and you realize you can't get in the storage unit to get the stuff out of there because the lock is broken. That happened this morning. And so in that moment, I reached out to my guy, Ruben. He's in the kids' area right now. And so Ruben came, and we took these doors off. Let me rephrase. He took the doors off, and I lended support. <laughs> and then he went to Menards, and he got a new lock mechanism, and he put it on there, and we opened up everything, and so we got to have church today. So sometimes in life, you're in a moment, and you just need a person. Right? Or it's time to get like new insurance. And so you kind of say, well, who do you guys do for insurance? And how does that work? Do you do State Farm or Farmers or somebody else? Right? And it's easy, I think, to, to listen to this passage of Scripture that Bruce read for us and to think of these Israelite people who have just been carried out of slavery into this new land that God is bringing them into and to think like, well, we don't have idols. They had idols. They built an actual idol. Like, Dave, if you walk into my house, you will not see a golden calf. Like, you will not see an actual constructed idol. And so it's easy, I think, for us to distance ourselves from this story, from this moment in Israel's history. But what's true is that we all have things that we turn to. Because we all stand in moments where we have need. Like we don't have what we need. And so we need to look outside of ourself. And this, this, today this story brings this question to us. Like where do we turn when we're in the middle of it? Like where do we go? What do we do? How do we respond? And there's a couple of sections to this scripture today. Uh, that I would love to talk about together. So part one, fear and distress. So something's happening with Israel. They are in crisis and they are under stress. Well, what's their crisis? Well, their crisis is that their leader is nowhere to be found. Like Moses, this guy who led them out of Egypt, in a really powerful way, there were plagues that helped them get rid of the Egyptian people and into this land of promise. So that's the crisis, is that he's up on the top of some mountain, and it's been a while. 
Like longer than an hour, longer than a day. It's been, we think, probably somewhere like six weeks. And if you've ever waited for someone to come home in life, or if you've ever been sitting on a curb outside of a middle school, waiting for someone to pick you up, you know what that feels like. Like, is this ever going to happen? Like, I have a memory of, of that. I used to be a ball boy for the Sky Force way back in the day, and the game got over, and I was waiting for my parents outside of the Sioux Falls Arena, and they weren't coming, and they weren't coming, and they weren't coming, and there was a detective who was doing something else in that area of town, and he saw this 12-year-old kid just, like, waiting for my mom and dad, and he's like, hey, who are you waiting for? I was like, oh, I'm waiting for my parents, and he's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll just wait for you, and it was a long time, right, and they had miscommunicated, this person thought that they were supposed to be there. The, have you ever been in there in life, right? This just happens. We're talking about Moses being gone for six weeks. So who do they trust? Who do they rely on? Who do they go to when they're in the middle of it? So they are in crisis, but then they're under stress. Well, if the crisis is that he's up on a mountain and he hasn't come back yet, the crisis is like, well, what do we do if he never comes back? What do we do then? How do we respond then? Where do we turn? Like, who's in charge? Like, what's next? Great, we got out of Egypt. But now we have these thousands of people, all ages, and who's in charge? What do we do? Where do we go? How do we respond? How do we live in this new place? But I think there's a gift in stress. I don't think it's comfortable. I don't personally like being stressed out. I don't like wondering if I need to jump on the Invitation Church email list and let everybody know, hey, no church today because we can't get the door open. I don't like how that feels. But one of the gifts of stress is that it brings clarity about what is important. Like it reveals and it also exposes Like when you are stressed out, you can get really clear on what really matters, what really is important. And so Israel is thinking about a couple things in this moment when they're in crisis and they're under stress. I think they're thinking about provision, like who's going to provide for us because the guy who talked to God is nowhere to be found and no one else here is talking to God. And so we don't know what to do. So one thing is provision. Like, who's going to provide for us? Like, where's food coming from? Where's water coming from? But then the other side of that is not just provision, but protection. Like, who's going to protect us? Like, we're, we're pretty vulnerable in this new place that we're in. And the third part of that is, like, what's the plan? So it's this provision, like, who's going to provide for us? Protection, who's going to take care of us? And what actually is going on? What's the plan? And I don't know when you, we read this today, when Bruce read this today, or if you've read it before, did you catch what they call Moses? Did you catch how they refer to Moses? They use this Hebrew word, chabra. It means fellow, person, man, individual. This fellow Moses. And I'm like, are you joking me? No, he's the one that stood in front of Pharaoh. 
and said, let my people go. Like, I know that you have controlled us for a long time. You've spoken into our lives for a long time. You have ordered us to make brick after brick after brick after brick for buildings we will never enter. And they're buildings for you and for your people, but we're building them. So we're providing the place that you will belong to. But we will always be other. We will always be slaves. We will never belong here. But we have built this empire. He's that guy. He stands in that moment and commands Pharaoh to let these people go. And he comes back again and again and again and again. He's the leader of this nation of people. And he's gone for a while, and it's so interesting what's happened with the Israelite people now. That, oh, this guy Moses. Like, who is this person? They're so dismissive of him. And I think there's this little lesson in here today that it's really easy to dismiss and reduce someone when you stop using their name. Like, it's easy to dismiss them. And it's really easy to reduce them when you stop using their name, like who they actually are. And it's easy to diminish someone when you replace their name with your perspective of who they are. This fellow Moses. And then Israel gathers around Aaron. And they say to him, hey, like, make us gods who will go before us. So, Part one is fear and distress. Part two is rebellion. So Aaron asks for gold, like, hey, we had some gold in Egypt, so talk to your mom, talk to your sister, talk to your wife, talk to your sons. Anybody's got gold, bring the gold to me. So go back to wherever you are and bring that gold at my feet, and we're going to do something with it. And the gold is evidence that they've not always lived in this wilderness. They lived in a very prosperous nation. It's a reminder of deliverance from Egypt. But this is a moment in Israel's history of what I like to call convenient generosity. Because you read this account, and you're like, oh my gosh, they got a whole group of people to do something? They're very generous to take what belonged to me and I'm going to give it to you so that you can use it. But it's generosity not that was a sacrifice, it's generosity that benefited them. So they bring all of this gold and Aaron bring, makes this calf-shaped idol. What's true about Aaron is that he also has Egypt in him. Like, he's leading the people. He's a part of bringing these people somewhere, but he has Egypt inside. And that's true for us today. It includes the person with a face microphone standing in front of you, that I have Egypt in me. Like, I have an old way of living in here. And so it means that I'm capable of rebellion. It means that I'm capable of, of living according to my own strength and my own power and my own desires. It means that I can get up in the morning and make bricks for Pharaoh. Instead of seeking to establish the kingdom in the place that God has asked me to. 
And if it's true for Aaron, it can be true for me, and it can be true for us, that there's Egypt in us. And that's why what we talked about last week, Paul saying to this church that, hey, like if anybody's in Christ, there's a new thing that God wants to do. That the old thing is passing away. Egypt is passing away. And I am raising up a kingdom among these people who used to live under the rule and thumb and reign of Egypt. So he builds this calf. And I just have to tell you, there isn't a chance this is a beautiful idol. You're like, well, Dave, how do you know that? Because Israel had a craftsman. They had somebody... And we talked about him about a year and a half ago, 14 months ago. I know you all remember because you remember everything we talk about. So I don't even name the two people, the craftsmen of the nation of Israel, Bezalel and Oholiab. If you needed something built, if you needed the door taken off the hinges, you talk to Bezalel and Oholiab. But who builds the idol? Aaron. He's the priest. And so there's just not a chance this looks pretty. There's not a chance that it's admirable. There's a really great chance it looks like, yikes. There's a very great chance like the teenagers in the back are like, oh my gosh, did you see what Aaron did? But this is what they turn to. This is what they place their hope in. And so we have this question in the text like, what's up with the cow? Like, why a cow? Of all the things, of all the things that you could have constructed, you took the gold and you built, Aaron chooses a cow. And it's because in Egyptian culture, there was something called an apis bull. And an apis bull is this godlike animal that the gods would ride on. So if you're a powerful god in Egyptian culture... You ride on an apis bull to go places. And we're not going to go down this rabbit trail that I spent a lot of hours on this week, kind of rethinking about Jesus coming into Jerusalem. There's like a connection thing there that's really cool. We don't have time for it because you can go eat lunch. But maybe we'll come back to it a different day. And so that's why a bull. And so Aaron says to all of Israel, these are your gods. These are your gods who, what, who led you out of Egypt. That's, what his, that's his great proclamation. That's his sermon. Moses is up on the mountain with God, and it's been weeks, and we don't know what's going on, and we are in crisis, and we are under stress, and we have built this apis bull or something that looks like an apis bull. And I'm telling you, these are your gods. And I just believe today, this is the sentence we will hear most in our life. This is the sermon you will hear most in your life. Like, this is your God. This is what's important. This is what's beautiful. This is what's worth chasing. This is what's worth building your life upon. These are your gods. I mean, the, the God of, of achievement. So whatever you can achieve, whatever kind of status you can step into, that's the thing that's worth chasing after. Like, that's the thing that led you out of Egypt. Achievement. 
or the God of accumulation, like the, as much stuff as I can have. Like this is your God. Or uh, applause. Right? If, if people agree, if people celebrate you, if people are willing to applaud you, it's, you can chase that in your life. You can build a life around that. You can bow down to that apis bull. And what, what's happened is like the, the, the God who could not save Egypt, Israel has run back to and has said that this is the God that brought them out of Egypt. Thank you. Uh, this is a moment of rebellion in the story of Israel. And it's a turning point in Israel's relationship with God, much like Genesis 3, Adam and Eve make a turn. And it's a turning point in their relationship with God. And when we talk about rebellion, you know, it's not just turning your back on someone or something, but it's also opening your hands, isn't it? Like, it's not just a turning. So it's both, it's equal parts, rejection and reception, right? Because I have to turn and I have to be willing to hold in my hands the opposite of what I've rejected. But then there's a result of rebellion, And the result of rebellion sends us toward worshiping things that will not and cannot provide what we thought they could. That's the result of it. We start chasing down apis bulls who could not save. If you remember earlier on in Exodus, one of the plagues is what? There's a plague of the livestock. And all of the livestock die. And it's very public, right? There's a sight that you can see. There's a smell you can smell in this moment. Israel stood in that moment and they watched. The God who was supposed to bring flourishing to all of these apis bulls, they watched together all of that livestock die. And then they watched God provide a way out of that land into a new land. Into a land without that stench. But this is the God that they ran back to. And today, what is true is that I think it's too easy for us to ascribe divine attributes to things of future garage sales. Like, we will ascribe divine attributes to stuff. Like, new stuff, like, makes us feel a certain way. Like, it can feel good to have something that's new. I mean, I don't know. Nobody puts on, you know... Let's just, let's just talk about socks. Can we talk about socks? Let's talk about socks. Right? Nobody puts on new socks. Right? I'm going to actually do it. Nobody puts on new socks and says, oh, gross. No, that feels amazing. Right? That feels awesome. New socks are, are wonderful. They make us feel a certain way. God, that is so much better. Didn't realize how sweaty those were. It just kind of happens sometimes. Like we turn to stuff for a reason. Like we get new stuff for a reason. Because it does something in our life. It does something in our heart. So in crisis, we turn somewhere, don't we? Like we turn somewhere. Like we need somebody to unlock the door for us. Or we're in some kind of relational crisis. 
inside our home or outside of our home, and we turn somewhere, and we bow down to something, we're in some kind of financial crisis or medical crisis, we turn somewhere, and we're going to have a whole bunch of people who will tell us where to turn, like these are your gods, that's the sermon that we will hear over and over and over and over, and we just have to know truly who our God is. We have to know truly who has brought us out of Egypt, who has given us life and purpose and identity. Because there's just too many people who will tell us who our gods are over and over and over again. I'm going to invite the band up this morning as we close. And I just want to ask you a question, kind of as we come to the end of this today, like in crisis and under stress, I... Like, what do you do in crisis and under stress? Like, what do you do? What did you do this week when you were under stress? It's just a guess today, but I'm guessing there was maybe some stress this week for somebody in the place, one or two or everybody. So what do we do? Like, what's the message that we're believing, that we're receiving when we're in crisis and when we're under stress? And another way to ask this question, I think for us is, you know, are we, is our response to crisis and to stress that we're going to take the gold that we found in Egypt and we're going to make an apis bull out of it? That's what we're going to do. That's going to be our response. We're going to take this gold that we got in another place, an identity that we got in another place, and we're going to try to build a God because we're in crisis and we're under stress. And like, of course, read this story. I don't have actual idols in my house. But we have things that we turn to. And as people who have been carried into freedom, we need to make sure that we don't create Egypt in the land of freedom. And how do you do that, Dave? You do that by using the gold of Egypt in the land of promise to give you safety, security, and hope. And I don't know the last time anybody flew when that was, I flew recently, and you come to a moment, and you get your information, Allegiant or whoever, and then you go up the stairs. If it's in Sioux Falls, it's cool because like, you like know everybody. It's small. It's pretty easy to do, and you step into the TSA, which is just so you know, really serious, okay? So there's no joking around. You're not supposed to laugh. Don't look at anybody. Just it's very serious. And you take off your shoes. And you have to empty out all your pockets. You got to put your watch in the deal. You got to take your phone and put it in the deal. And I'm always so nervous. I like turn, I, I think, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have 50 pockets. Do I have anything, right? I just do that. Just making sure. Take the belt, throw it in there, and it kind of goes through the deal. And I think part of the grace of God, part of the mercy of God, part of the kindness of God is one of the things he calls us to is just to be people who will empty our pockets so that we could hold the promises that he desires to give us. Like, we've got all this stuff from Egypt that we just carry around. And if it's available to us, if it's close to us, the the truth is we're probably going to use it. 
And that's what just what happens to Israel. Like it's on their ears, it's around their neck, so they just sort of use it. It's the, it's the principle that we all know that like if there's Oreos, I mean, we're probably gonna. The way you stay away from them is just to not have them around. And I think it's true spiritually. And I think it's just possible today in this room for us to come to a moment of honesty where we just know we got some stuff from Egypt here. And it would be the grace of God to reach in and to place it and to not give it to some person, but to give it to him so we could step into a new place. And I pray that we would be that kind of people, that we would be that kind of church. And no, God is not some TSA agent. But the invitation is the same. Like, hey, we're going to take this out. We're going to leave this here. Because I'm the one who's carried you. I'm the one who's brought you out. Like, don't talk to me about something you can create for yourself. Like, I created the deliverance. So don't create some kind of apis bull or something other that else that you are going to turn to. So today, would that be the grace of God for us? Would you be able to consider what's in your pocket? If it turns out what's available, what's near to us is going to form us maybe more than we even realize because we can't plan moments where we are in crisis and we are under stress those moments spill into our lives. But if we know we have a deliverer, we know we have a promise keeper, we know we have a king, we know we have a savior, we get to turn to him and to his promises and to the community, hello, that he's given to us to help us live and move and breathe even in the wilderness. We pray, Lord God, we thank you today for your goodness and for your grace for this story, for these people in a really difficult moment, in a moment that we often find ourselves in. And God, would you help us to be emptiers of what we carry? Stuff from Egypt that happened a long time ago that we've just sort of carried. Our, our ability to provide, like our desire to accumulate, our search and hunger for applause, for people to think that we're something, that we're valuable, that we have worth. That is the gold of Egypt, I believe, you desire to replace within us. So God, would you be good and kind and present enough this morning to speak words of promise and blessing and hope over us in the name of Jesus who came because he loved us. Amen. We're going to sing one more song together. If you would stand, that'd be great. Thank you so much for joining us on the Invitation Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message that you just heard and receive every part of it. Every promise from God, every declaration of his great love for you, every word of hope, every reminder that you have been made for more. Allow what you've heard to take root in your soul to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. I also want to encourage you to be part of what we are doing here at Invitation as we invite people to live the way of Jesus. Go to the app and become a regular giver. 
an investor in the story that God is writing in this place. Also, if you found the message meaningful, we'd love to have you share it with someone else as you partner with us in carrying the message beyond the walls of the church. I want to thank you for being here with us. Grace and peace.